The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. What a glorious day. Uh, Just before we dive into these amazing readings, uh, just a reminder, as many of you are already participating in, so all of the homilies are are emailed out to our our email list, and there's even a podcast of the homilies. And so if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for for the, the email list, because again, the homilies are sent out, just the homily itself. And because, in a particular way, on this topic and on this day, I want to put, include notes if you want to delve deeper into this topic, because the topic we're going to get into has been a cause of much confusion, heresies, breaking off of the, of the church, and on this pivotal issue. And so we're only going to skim the surface of this topic. And so if you want to delve deeper into this, because I can't squeeze in all of the topics, because people have been thinking about this topic for 2,000 years, entire books are written about this. We have two years in the seminary studying just this one issue. And so we gotta, we're just, just going to skim the surface here. And if it's confusing, good. Good. Because this is a hard topic to delve and to wrap our minds. Some of the brightest minds in civilization have attempted to articulate this topic. So I'll include notes if you want to delve deeper. And if I confuse you more, you're like, yeah, I need to go deeper. So if you haven't already, sign up for the list. Again, you just Google my name. It'll pop up immediately. Or just as you leave, write down your email address, and I'll do it myself, and I'll include it. So that way you get all the homilies and the show notes, so to speak. So Let's dive in. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm glad that you're all here, especially our guests who are here for the holiday weekend, because all of you are about to hear the most important sermon of your entire life. Right now, you're about to hear the most important topic that you've ever, ever heard in your entire life. And I'm not even being hyperbolic here. Why? Because we're going to dive in to the central mystery of Christianity which separates our religion from everybody else, this pivotal doctrine that God in his inmost life 
exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The most holy trinity. There is no more important topic than this. Because God in a very self is the very foundation of existence, the foundation of being itself, the foundation of all that exists. And today, Christ reveals the fullness of who God is. We had no idea. We can, our minds can rationalize that God exists. There's many, many philosophical arguments for God's existence. And that this God has to be one. Aristotle himself would, would argue already. He's not, he wasn't even a Christian. He was far before even the advent of Christianity. And through sheer rationality, we can argue that God exists as one. But what is God in his inmost self? We cannot penetrate that mystery unless God speaks. Again, here, human language will fail us because human language fails to encapsulate the reality, but it helps. God speaks and reveals who he is. What is God? He is one. Father, who pours himself out to the second person of the Trinity, Christ our Lord. Christ now, who pours himself out in response to God the Father. This outpouring of love between Father and Son the Holy, is the third person of the Most Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, one God and three persons, an eternal procession. See, once we understand what God is, all of a sudden now it overflows into what you and I are. Here's what I mean by that. Because how would you answer the question, what are you? It's a weird question, isn't it? What are you talking about? What am I? But penetrate that question deeply. What am I? Because if you get that fundamental question wrong, it will throw us off immediately. It's almost like a foundation of a building. Every builder, every architect understands, if you build the foundation wrong, it doesn't matter how many stories you're going to have above it. It will lean eventually and collapse if you get the foundational principles wrong. And why we must answer that question, what am I? Goes all the way back now to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And that pivotal moment is the it's the creation narrative. And in that verse, it says, now God, as he's creating the world, he comes to us and he says, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. And then he creates our first parents. Now, there's a first clue. If God is indeed a trinity, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, an eternal procession, a communion of persons, then now it enlightens and answers and helps us answer the question. If I am indeed stamped with the image of the Trinity within myself then, then what I am is a human person 
created and to participate in the Trinity. Do you see where I'm going? It's that if indeed stamped within me is the image of God himself, who is a communion of love, of a trinity, then now it highlights and exposes a deep reality within myself. I am created in the image and likeness of the trinity. Then now my life has direction. I recently came across a study, just came, just came out a couple of days ago. And uh, many of our, our regular professors know that I'm a nerd, right? I, I spend my Friday nights reading studies and, and research articles. When one study came out just a couple of nights ago, it said this. 43% of millennials, 43, don't believe, don't care, and don't know if God exists. Now, if that's true, if I were to ask that 43%, what are you? You'll get millions of different answers. Because what are we all, if, if indeed our, that answer to that question has no relation to who God is, the Trinity itself, what are we all taught just growing up in, in public school, just, just living in this world? What are we taught about what we are? You and I are just upright, smart monkeys. The product of evolution. That you and I are just good-looking primates. If indeed, now follow that question, if that indeed is what I am, if I am just a highly evolved primate, then of course my life is all about what primates strive for. Survival, <laughs> pleasure, to be comfortable. And we will always replace that desire in our hearts for God with the four, again, our regular prisoners, I'm, I'm like a broken record with this. What are the four classical substitutes of God? If God is not primary in our lives, one of these four or a combination of the four become what we worship. Money, power, honor, pleasure. The four bananas. <laughs> if indeed I'm an evolved monkey, then I'm going, there's no reason why I shouldn't pursue the four glorious bananas of my life. Yes, give me a bigger money of, of banana of money, power, honor, and pleasure. Because if there is need, nothing above me, if I have no transcendent goal or purpose in my life, then by all means, stop at nothing to pursue those four things. Money, power, honor, pleasure. But what Jesus Christ now reveals is that you and I are created for the Trinity. Which is why, now even human experience reveals this to us. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Pursue those four bananas. Watch what happens. You're still starving. Because we weren't created for those four things. Not that those four bananas are wrong. No, it's great. We need potassium, don't we? <laughs> but we're created for more. The Trinity. What am I? I am created to participate in that love. 
of who God is. This weekend, we celebrate gloriously Memorial Day, don't we? we? We praise and we honor and we remember the men and women who have died. Since the founding of our nation, 1.1 million men and women have died in service to our country. When I looked at that number, I actually I was, I thought it would be more. 1.1 million since, the found, since 1775, all the way up to now to the war on terror. If I were to ask one of these soldiers, what are you? How would they respond? In preparation of this homily, I actually text many veterans in our parish, and I, and I asked them that weird question. I said, from a soldier's perspective, if I were to ask you, what are you, how would you, would you, how would you respond? Because I wanted to see what a person on the front lines in, in, in immediate danger of such a reality, what would they say? Because me, it's just speculative. Right? And they said, I am at, what am I? I am a defender and a servant of my country. That was the general theme of the responses I got. I am a defender and a servant of my country. Now, therefore, do we understand we can penetrate why Russell Pinkett, who is the only survivor of Company A of the 116th Infantry Regiment of the 29th Division, who was part of that first wave in Normandy on Omaha Beach. And we all know how bloody that conflict was. He was part of that initial wave as, as the boats were streaming towards that coastline there, towards the Nazis. Within the first hour, 96% of his company was wiped out. 96%. Amazingly, he survived. He's still alive to this day. He's 96. And this is what Russell Pinkett said, who admits that even at his old age, his nights are still tortured by what he experienced as a young man. He says, if it came to it, I would do it again. Isn't that amazing? If it came to it, I would do it again. I thought my country was worth it then, and I still do. Do you see now what happens when we ask Russell, Russell, what are you? I am a defender and a servant of my country. That is why I steam full speed at machine gun fire. Now, what are you and I? I am a member of the Trinity. I participate in the, in the love of the Trinity. That is why I go to mass every Sunday. I follow the commandments of the Lord. I go to confession. I receive the Holy Eucharist. I battle for life. I battle for the beauty of the faith. Why? Because I am a member and I participate in the Trinity. And the second person of this Holy Trinity has laid down his life for me. Now, once I answer that question, 
And that way, my life has a radical orientation now towards that. What are you? And once you answer that question, now do you see why this is the most important sermon you've ever heard in your life? In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit.